everybody. This is John with Ubali Reports. We're going to be getting ready to go live. We're just getting checking our streaming um, platforms to make sure everything is copacetic. Just the Ubali Reports, the only news site that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether internationally or domestically. And today we're going to be talking about the best economy ever, as Joe Biden wants to portray that. And we're going to analyze that in more depth. And with me is my fellow co-host, Joe Bitts and Ray Kraut. So we're getting ready to kick this off. All right. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. We're going to go in three, two. Hey, everybody. This is John with Ubaldi Reports, the one news site that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether nationally or internationally. And it's put together by a couple of veterans who served in combat in both Iraq and Afghanistan and with my fellow co-host, Joe Bitts, who served combat in Iraq and, unfortunately, he was wounded in Iraq, but he's all right now. Mm-hmm, kind of. Kind of patched him up. And also, we have another Marine with us, a person named Ray Krause, who has all the issues when it comes to firearms and gun control because he owns his own gunsmithing business. So how's it going, Joe and Ray? Great. Great. All right. So we got a lot to talk about. And as the tagline or the topic of today was the best economy ever. And Joe Biden stated that at when he spoke in front of the AFL-CIO. What did he mean by that? Well, Is I he getting fed false information or is it? I think he truly believes it's the best economy ever. Because I think it goes back on a previous podcast you asked, mm-hmm. does he understand what Americans are going through? <laughs> and I don't think he does or anybody in his administration. The reason I say that because Joe Biden hasn't had to do anything. He's been on the public dime since he became a senator in 1973. I was in third grade. Many of our listeners probably weren't even born yet. Yeah, I was, probably wasn't born yet either. Do you know what age Joe Biden entered politics? Like, how old was he? I would have to go back. I think his first official position was when he was 29 years old. So I'm 28. So that'll put that into perspective. You weren't even born yeah. when he entered the— uh, But he has no idea what real life is. Well, but, um, <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's a different mentality when you've—it's just like this pandemic, when they shut down the economy. If you worked in the government, you didn't lose your job. You got sent home, and you still got a paycheck. Mm-hmm. If you worked in the private sector, you lost your job, and you didn't get a paycheck. You got whatever crumbs the government gave you. With a stimulus or everything like that. So, I th- okay. So, is it possible that our president is having such a memory lapse of due to his old age, maybe a little onset dementia, that he thinks he's the previous administration and <laughs> making all these gains that our previous president did, and then he's taking the credit for those? Or I think, I, maybe he's even going back to Obama. Did Obama have a good economy, or what happened well, with that? President, okay. First of all, President Obama came in when there was a great recession. Okay. okay. I got to admit, it wasn't a great economic time when a lot of the financial institutions collapsed. But mm-hmm. the economy didn't take off under Obama. Yeah. The economy really didn't start moving until midway deep into a second term. Okay. Now, the largest recession prior to the Great Recession was the recession in 80-81. Okay. We had Black, uh, Black Monday. No, that was in October 1987. Okay. And, but this one was when Paul Volcker, because he had to, mm-hmm. 
bring down inflation. He rose interest rates to 21%. And then we went into a deep recession, largest recession since the Great Depression. Yeah. When we came out of it in 82 into 83, 83 and 84, we saw almost 7% GDP growth that whole year. Mm -hmm. President Obama was the first president that never had over 3% growth in any of his years in office. Okay, so then he's... uh, by all means, he's referring to the greatest economy ever, as in the previous administration, if he's having a delusional episode. Well, because, because, I mean, I can't see where his math is to say this is the greatest economy ever. Well, the thing is, when he, like, when he keeps touting and is sir against the Democrats and everybody else said, yeah, he created 8 million new jobs. Okay, 8 million jobs were recreated, mm-hmm. but you have to put it in context. Remember that the economy was shut down. Yeah. So the 8 million jobs are just the jobs that were being, that were lost and are coming back. People got rehired at those positions, mm-hmm. mainly in the service sector. So if you look at back, even the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, when they come out with its unemployment report, have even stated that we're still about 2 to 3 million jobs short of where we were in February of 2020. So we haven't gotten all our jobs back that we lost. We're still 2 million short. So, but he doesn't mention that. Like when he spoke in front of the un- the largest union, which is a conglomeration of all unions, the AFL-CIO, mm-hmm. and he kept saying, I'm doing real job. We're improving the lives of families. We're impacting families. You are. But he didn't mention that inflation is 8.6%. He didn't mention that gas prices are at the highest level ever recorded. But the thing is, does he know? He has to know, right? Well, I think yes and no. I think he, but you can know, but are you impacted by it? It's just as an example, what I mentioned last time, there was a U.S. senator from Michigan named Debbie Stabenow. Mm -hmm. And when she was questioning, I think Janet Yellen, believe last week she's mentioned i drove my electric vehicle from michigan to washington dc and i drove by all those gas stations and it doesn't phase me and it just shows how out of touch they are they just think the way to solve the problem everybody buys an electric vehicle okay so there's three of us here all different ages all it probably different pay grade or pay scales so what would be considered upper class what's do you know the cutoff is or is that something we have to look back into and talk about it I would have to go back and look. Because would I be upper class or am I upper middle? Is Ray middle class or middle lower? Are you I lower would, class or upper or lower middle? I would think just for the sake of argument without having to actually look it at, I think if you're upper middle class, if you're making well over $100,000 a year. Okay. And I think you're probably middle class if you're in the upper 50, maybe 60, 70,000, somewhere in that range. Okay. And... I'm lower. I'm peasant wage. No, no, you're not you. But I mean, going with that, so we have three different kind of, you would say, classes up it, it, here. How is the recession affecting you versus Ray versus me? Well, one of the ways it's affected me is I, obviously, I started a business. It was starting to get traction during COVID, and COVID really threw a, a wrench into that. And so I had to give up my apartment, and I had to stay with a friend of mine. He allowed me to stay with him. Yeah. And I worked at a restaurant. Which is, I'll admit it, it was Chick-fil-A. And then I finally got this other job that pays a little bit more. But still, it's it costly with food. It's costing. Trying to get out of where I was at. Also, gas is a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. And if I ever wanted to get my own place, 
rent has dramatically gone up. Now, where I lived or did live in South Tampa is a little bit more expensive if you live outside of Tampa. But most of the jobs or most of the people do is they commute into Tampa. Well, Tampa right now is the highest place to live in Florida. It is because there's a lot of there's work, job, there's a lot of diversity of employment. But mm-hmm. if you want to live close to where you work, you're going to have to pay. Yeah. But then if you live further out, you're going to have to pay in gas commuting in. I've got a friend of mine who is, she's a nurse in training until she ta- passes her nursing board. Okay. And she has to drive a good considerable distance. And she has a fuel efficient car. But she has to pay, I mean, a tank of gas or two each week just to drive to and from. It's like an hour to there, an hour back. Yeah. So she And she has to watch her money because she's got children and she's got to find a place to live and all that stuff. So, so the struggle is real, definitely for her and especially well, for you. But even I talked to, before this podcast started, I talked to your wife. Yeah. And I asked her, are you been impacted? Have you seen it? Goes, she goes, yes. And uh, we, maybe I can explain real quick is that she has a very good job. I have a very good job. And we also have a residual income coming from my retirement, which means we're kind of up there. But yet we are still we are still being affected as well. Exactly. Because she was mentioning when she goes to grocery, she told me once she went into the grocery store, she bought what she normally buys. Then she saw the bill. Mm-hmm. And even though inflation is up 8.6% over a year ago, it's higher among the commodities you buy. Yeah. Like eggs are up in the, to the 15 16% higher prices. You've got milk. You've got meats, chicken. All these things are what people um, buy and use on a daily basis. And then you have baby shoe for, uh, shortages. You have... Um, and right now, there's going to be um, a feminine hygiene product shortage. Mm-hmm. So you have all this affecting everybody's daily life. And so everybody's impacted by high inflation. Is it by design? Is this happening all by design? Or is it just because in order to make this product, it costs this much money and fuel or energy in order to get said product? Or are they curtailing back? I mean, it's, I mean, okay, if you were bet- a betting man right now, Okay, you had a thousand dollars, and you could bet on a recession whether it's going to go through or not. Are you putting that money on? What are you putting that money on? The recession. Okay. The real. Okay, here's what happened: when the economy shut down, all production facilities also shut down. Yeah. Then when the the economy ramped up, it it was almost like a perfect storm. Then they ramped up and demand shot up. But the supply chains couldn't keep pace. Yeah. And then a lot of the supply chains, which we found out of our crucial um, components, were all made overseas, like medicines, equipment. The PPEs that we use for the coronavirus were all made overseas. Yeah. Actually, okay. looking back into that field, they were in such short supply that they've overcompensated, and now there's an abundance of it. Oh, yeah. And where you are paying, they were literally paying 15 to $20 for a box of gloves they almost can't give it away. So but that's how the supply is working. But is the same, we would call it an accordion effect in the Marine Corps, where if we were on a force march or and somebody would run, it was bad because everybody had to catch up, which created an accordion effect, 
which means back here people had to pick up, but then it would just kind of build up again. Well, here's an example. It, it, when you say that on a forest march, a hike. Yeah. I remember telling my CEO at the time, we did, I'd recon the hike route. We did land navigation all day that day. So he didn't want us to get too exhausted because we've been walking all over these hills. Mm-hmm. We had to go up this steep hill. And I told him, when you get everybody get to the top, he was in the front. I was always in the back. I said, when you get to the top, move out a little bit, but then stop. Allow the back to catch up. Okay. He goes, well, I don't want them to get their muscles. I go, sir, they're not getting their muscles tired. You got to feel the people in the back. He didn't listen. So when he got to the top, he took off. Mm -hmm. By the time the middle got up, they had to run. Yeah. By the time the rear got up, there's no way they can catch up. So that's where our supply chain is. So They never were able to catch up. So, okay, hold it. Yeah. Then when they got to Joe Biden, instead of realizing the rear couldn't catch up, mm-hmm. he instituted, he rose, put more taxes, more regulations. So he, he hindered the rear, the people that make the product. It's just like the energy sector. One of the companies, when he put the foot on the back of the energy sector, yeah. every company in America utilizes energy for their business. So if 80% of all long-haul truckers use diesel, if diesel's going at $6, $7 a gallon and they have to pay, that means they got to roll that cost over to the next line of the food chain and up down the supply chain. So would the supplies chain been a little bit different if they maybe just kept a steady pace even through the pandemic? Or would they? it would have been better if they did what you said you, you did on a march was to kind of just slow it down just a little bit, wait till everybody catches up, and then go. The problem is there wasn't consistency in that. When People need to realize when they shut down the economy, that was based off we didn't have much information, so they thought the hospitals were going to be inundated, and they were also not going to have all the equipment they needed to cover everybody. So they shut the economy down. Then once they found out that... The hospital was okay, were okay. Mm-hmm. They opened up the economy, but only select states. Remember the big back and forth while they blamed DeSantis of the governor of Florida. They blamed Governor Kemp of Georgia, and they blamed Governor Abbott for opening up their economy too fast. Mm-hmm. Then you got California, which is 20% of the U.S. population. You got New York, Illinois. They didn't. They put all these hurdles in. Yeah. So some states opened. Other states didn't. A lot of the production facilities are in these states that didn't open. So uh, Ray, a couple of weeks ago, brought up something to my attention about these processing plants. And a couple of one caught fire here, one plane crashed over here. And it was about maybe like between 10 and 12. And 10 and 12, I think you could almost explain away by saying, Okay, accidents happen. And there might be, you know, there's not just maybe, you know, there's not 50 or 60 production plants. There could be like a thousand in just different areas. But now we're at like a really high toll of maybe like 24, 25. What do you see with that? Without going into, into without knowing all And the just de- keep it straight and narrow, I mean, because we don't want to speculate no, or anything no, no. like without, that. Without knowing the details, it would be mere speculation. I would like to know the age of these plants, the okay. age of these facilities. Because a lot of times when I was on a radio show, I mentioned about bringing manufacturing job manufacturing plants back to the US. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why they don't 
because the tax burden will kill you. Yeah. Now, it's just if you did major renovation of this house, your house that we're, we're in right now, mm-hmm. you would have to meet 2022 building codes. Okay. So if you had to put a new production plant in, you have to meet all the environmental regulations, all the EPA regulations, all the environmental impact studies. You have to do that. So it's not cost effective. That's like the energy companies, why they don't make any new, build any new refineries, because they got, they're got the regulations would be too prohibitive to do all that. Okay, so both you saying that, you say, so you're saying like they're coming into the 2022 and they need to meet all these regulations when it comes to their processing plant. And these are like some old processing plants. Maybe are the owners or the people that own these processing plants are like, might be just cheaper to burn it down. <laughs> No, Mob because insurance. If, yeah, I mean, no, because if you do something like that, if there's a fire, oh yeah, if, if, if you get caught, yeah, but if there's a fire like that, the, especially at industrial plants, the the fire department has its investigators out, yep. wanted to see why it burned out. It's different for a house. If there's a question that a uh, a building or something burnt down that they didn't think it was natural causes or an accident. They'll turn that over to investigators to look at. And yep. Insurance companies, they're not willing to pay things out unless they know for a fact that was an accident or whatever like that. Yeah, twenty-four accidents. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't. And let's see, the media. That's why I like the the, the, the website I do. It's fact, not fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to make an accusation. No, that's what Joe and Ray are for. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> the one of the things that I would tell the listeners, there's something called the Society for Professional Journalistic Ethics Code, and it's bullet points, and one of the first thing it says, stand by the accuracy of your work. So I can't speculate on information I don't have. Correction. You can't. I can't. but I'm Because just, you haven't, you have this thing that the Marine Corps has built into you called, I don't know, integrity? Uh, yeah. But going into that, so we kind of discuss how, is it, I would say, it is a little bit more difficult on my end when it comes to the recession, or not even the recession, I'm sorry, when it comes to the inflation is that I might be spending a little bit less or I'm, I'll tell you one thing, everything in the fridge is getting eaten. It's not, you better, nothing is really getting thrown out. We don't go out as much. Well, but your wife said something also. Instead of buying produce, yeah, you're growing your produce. You're growing your fruits. You're growing your vegetables. You're growing your herbs. So that saves you some money that way. Yeah, we're just waiting for a cease and desist from Monsanto, and you know, away we go. But see, but going back to President Biden, he makes these accusations and he makes these assumptions that he still blames. And he said this in the speech that he said to the AFL-CIO. He calls it the Putin tax hike, the Putin gas tax hike. Well, yeah, that had a little bit to do with it, but gas was rising far faster. Last year, now he did mention that he tapped into Strategic Petroleum Reserve just recently in that speech. But what he didn't mention is he tapped in it twice, I think in October or I think it was either November or December, twice in the fall of last year. This is before the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So it's, and nobody calls him out on it. Yeah. And he still believes that. Well, because, I mean, I think the. I mean, do I want to call them liberals? Yes. Do I want to left? But the majority of the liberals on the far, far left are swallowing every ounce of garbage this administration is kind of giving it to them and kind of justifying it to them in their brain. 
where everybody else is kind of like, what the hell? Well, but see, I think it goes back to something you said. And I know I said something different when you said, is this by design? And I said, well, no, this is probably this sort of a belief. I fully believe now because more evidence has shown. President Biden said this a couple of weeks ago. They want it to be this high yeah. because they think this is the way to transition into alternative fuel. By force? I mean, yeah, so, you're, you're going to get resistance. You know. See, even Pete Buttigieg said it a month or two ago. Higher gas prices, the way to end higher gas prices or f- to help each family yeah. is you need to buy an electric car. You want to get yourself a $75,000 uh, so electric car. How yeah. many people can <laughs> afford a $55,000 average electric vehicle? Yeah. And then the question becomes, even in a Tesla, you need so much lithium. Mm-hmm. So where do you get the lithium? We only have one lithium mine, and they want to open a second one in Nevada, but they can't. Environmentalists are shutting that down. So, And we did talk about this a long time ago about Biden's America because we always go to California as like – California is his template oh, yeah. for how he wants America to work. But we just recently reports that I've heard is that California is experiencing brownouts and blackouts – and they're not even going like full electric yet. They want to be electric by I think thirty or twenty thirty five. Correct. And they're like, well, and the question is, how can they support that? And it's always been the question of you. So but even okay, but on that, if California is the template, they were doing brownouts before Russia's invasion. Last summer they had some brownouts. The summer before that they had some brownouts. And they're also getting their power from somewhere else. They're getting their power from another state, aren't they? They get their power from other states. They they import their energy from other (laughs) states. But see, here's the thing what they do. They import their energy from other states. Yeah. Then they claim their greenhouse gases drop, but they never include where they get their extra power from. And a lot of their energy comes from the Middle East. So they don't like fossil fuel. As long as it's not pumped in California, but yeah. they buy it from Saudi Arabia. And that's the same thing when it comes to America. I, we were talking about earlier today is that, like, they don't want to use our oil, or they don't want to use our, our oil leases or the Texas or the Keystone Pipeline. They'll be happy to give Saudi a handy for some oil or tell Venezuela they're awesome in order to get their oil. But it's almost like. It it doesn't work like that. It's just because I'm I'm having somebody else do it for me doesn't shouldn't exempt me from. Well, America's not creating greenhouse gra- gases. We're just using the oil that they're. You know, well, here's the interesting part: United, out of all the world producers of energy, the United States is number one. Yeah. And remember when Donald Trump got um, admonished our allies, he told them, "We can sell you all the natural gas you can have." Yeah. We got centuries of of natural gas we'll give it to you fair market value and instead of you being beholden to russia that's why europe is unwilling or just kind of grudgingly not taking some of that russian energy because they don't have any backfill and they Hmm. use alternative fuels more than we do so i was wondering before we hit ray about seeing how the recession or not the why okay i'm just the economy the economy how inflation is affecting him why don't you go on TikTok real quick and just kind of throw it out there? Be like, hey, how is the inflation affecting you? See if we can get any. Buddy. No, that's a good point. I mean, on TikTok, I mean, if we're on TikTok live streaming, I would like to know how is inflation and how is gas prices affecting you? Yeah. I mean, think, I mean, we would just like to know because everybody's impacted. We're all at different levels, but how is inflation and how is gas prices affecting you? And have you. 
had to alter what you normally do now that you didn't do before. So I would like to know that. Yeah. So going going with you, Ray, you and your fiance, you guys come down here. You're trying to establish yourself. You're supposed. You're, you're starting. You're on. A, you're on your way to becoming an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And you guys just moved here, so there was a lot of probably mo- money coming down here. And all of a sudden, so how, what are you and uh, your fiance doing in order to adjust for all the stuff that's going on? For one, one of our major changes is we've knocked down to one vehicle. We had two, and we still have two, but we've knocked down to one because we just feel like we can kind of schedule our days kind of with me doing my own Mm -hmm. uh, hours and she has her set schedule hours. We've knocked it down to my truck. It's just easier that way. We don't have to fuel up two vehicles. Yeah. What kind of truck do you have, Ray? We have a diesel truck, of course. <laughs> um, it still gets good uh, fuel mileage for being a diesel truck, but again, it's a diesel, and that has to be the highest sort of fuel right now. But we that is the most notable thing that we've done was knock down to one vehicle, and then we don't eat out. We, we barely eat out. We try to keep everything cooked at home or yeah. um, you know, if we don't have something set, we'll... we'll We've tried to limit our DoorDash because DoorDash is convenient, but they set their prices higher so that their drivers can get paid. I've done DoorDash before, so I know how it works. But I have to say the thing that's going to affect me here in the near future is if we go into a recession, I'm trying to build my own business. Yeah. And one thing that's going to take a major hit on me is trying to convince other investors to get their money and raise this business. And I don't think I'll be able to sell my point of view or what I have to offer to anybody if we go into recession and and, and them say, oh, yeah, we're right on board because people are going to want to save their money. Yeah. They're not going to be as generous as once were or still mm-hmm. are because we're going to find out here, what, in, at the end of July? Yeah, so. that's when the... Um, end of July or beginning of July? The end of July, around July 26th is when the... First reports of the second quarter GDP come out. So, I mean, I'll probably have to go solo for a little while until things get figured out, until people are a little bit more comfortable with handing out a little bit larger sum of money. But I think there's maybe, uh, now that I'm kind of thinking about it, so usually like how it was prior to, it's like Ray and I would go out to lunch or something like that, and me kind of knowing his situation or his financial standing where I can't always be like, unless I want to flip the bill every single time, I can be like, Hey, let's go out here. Let's go out here. Let's go out here. But so it's kind of maybe limiting the interaction, but what about that across the country that less people are interacting because their economic standing might be different. So I can't go out to lunch and talk to this person or I can't go over here and do that. So it's distancing ourselves even more. Well, the small businesses were just recovering from COVID. And remember what I said early in the podcast about certain states were locked down longer than other states. We were lucky that Florida was only locked down for two weeks. And then they reopened with some, obviously, restrictions with masks and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But they were allowed to reopen. You take small businesses, and people need to realize 60% of the U.S. economy, 60% of all jobs come from small business with 50 employees or less. So going by with what you said and what you said also, Joe, how many small businesses are going to be able to make it through this recession? Mm-hmm. I've talked to people and looked at the different business. Yet California 
the state I came from, small business have not recovered in that state. Well, it's almost, I don't know, it's not, I know this is not by design, but following a pandemic and now following a recession, small business is definitely going to take a huge hit depending on how they're working with their margin. And a lot of the things like there's only a few things that are going to be recession proof when it comes to working, especially having your own business. So it just seems like it's like a bad, it's almost like as soon as it hit 2020, like 2020, it's, we're just repeating the 1920s all over again. Well, we are because then you get government coming in and they're putting all these burdensome restrictions on what got, what businesses can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Like one of the energy sector rules that they were they have to comply with is the government tells them how their vehicles are supposed to be parked by their workers. I mean, or like we talk about energy sector. Biden, President Biden's talking about he wants to find these companies for not drilling, but he goes to drill. You need capital, mm-hmm. and they're doing everything they can to prevent capital from flowing to the energy sector. So another thing we're going to come in contact or coming across is that having an electric vehicle, you don't pay your taxes anymore at the pump. There's those taxes that you know the government gets, whether it's for the roads, the gas tax. But now they're just going to simply switch it, and you're going to be paying like instead of you're, if you're going to pay five dollars a night just to charge your vehicle, they can probably up it to ten, fifteen dollars a night. That's be- that's a good point. They're going to have to make if you're not. They're going to have to make that money. Well, like uh, around the country, once fuel standards increased dramatically mm-hmm. compared to they were, once were, you're not fueling your vehicles up as much as you once did because fuel standards are better. Yeah. So that's less gas tax money that goes into your infrastructure. And then a lot of the governmental programs have been squandered regarding this. So, All right. So, John, I think this was a really good topic. Hopefully we're not revisiting it again next week. Well, we've <laughs> we got something else to say. I know, but we're, I can feel we're going to be doing this a lot because yeah. there's a lot of headwinds coming up. Like I was talking to you earlier about there could potential strike with the railroad uh, workers. There's potential strike with the longshoremen, and then you've got and you heard it here. I don't know if you heard it here first, but John's been saying about this for a long time. So if you're listening to this podcast, and in a couple a month or so from now, when you hear our fearless leaders talk about, I didn't see this coming. You can tell him BS. I got it. So John, why don't you go ahead and tell them where you, they can get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to. Ubali reports at gmail.com. You can check us out on our various social platforms. There's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, definitely TikTok. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of uh, social media platforms you can go to. We'd love to hear from you yeah. and what you think about what I pose. All How right. is inflation and gas prices affecting you and your family? So, Ray, let's help him get his small business off the ground, too. He is a gunsmith. If you need some stuff done with your guns, whether it's just general cleaning or you want something repaired, repaired or whatnot, you can reach him, and how, Ray, can he reach you? Raymond.aags at gmail.com. And you can listen to Ray and I's other podcast, All American Gunslingers. We just, we really get non-political. Okay, I'm only allowed to get political once a month, but we normally talk about, we talk about guns, we talk about cigars, liquor, we talk about... Basically the manly stuff. Yeah, ba- well, we talk about guy stuff. So it'd be a good listen to. It's a little bit, it's more on the non-censored side. And we think if you like this podcast, I really think you would love this one too. Ladies, John is single and you can get a hold of him. Just rewind a little bit to get his web, to get his email. Okay. 
He's a great guy. Paul, he loves politics. And if you love politics, you guys can make something happen. All right. All right. <laughs> until, All right. until then. Until next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. All right.